Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to Movie Geeks United. This is a special episode, you might say a once in a decade episode of the show, because Sight and Sound has unveiled their top 100 greatest films of all time, as determined by over 1,600 critics, filmmakers, what have you, across the world. And we're here to debate that list, uh, Adam and I, and and we're joined by our good buddy and film critic and previous contributor to this, this Sight and Sound poll, Mr. Tony Macklin, whose reviews you could read at TonyMacklin.net. Hey, Tony. How are you? Good, good. We're, it's very good to have you here. It's been too long. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure because, uh, it, to me, the issue, the recent issue, the recent poll is the end of an era. And uh, I am going through the, the the many steps that a critic goes from, and I've reached the step of anger. So I'll try to be nice. No, that's fine. But, yeah, that you were. I, no, a, I no. You're in the angry stage of you know you're grieving, and this is the, yeah, this is the stage well, you cut you off. Well, it's more than grief. It's, a, it's an end of an era. It's an end of an era in film. It's an end of an era in criticism. It's a. It, m- m- you take the fl- the floor and and then I'll chip in. Well, you're not you're definitely not alone. I mean, a lot of people since this list was unveiled last week have um, have really uh, been infuriated by it. I'm not so. I think the fringe the fringe has swallowed up the central. The proven. Um, as when a, as we talk about the films that were added and the films that were dropped out. Right. It's shocking. Well, I, I think that's especially relevant when it comes to the films that were dropped out. I mean, it's amazing what did not make the top 100, which I'm sure will be will be included in the expanded 250 that'll come out whenever. But uh, no Chinatown, no Godfather 2, no Altman, no Spielberg. Those are just a few examples. Well, no David Lean, no Spielberg, no Altman, no Peckinpah, no, no Roman Polanski, <laughs> no Kane Brothers. No, Michael Michael Carnet, the French director who made one of the masterpieces of of all time in film. And his Children of Paradise was kicked out and replaced by... How do I do this without sounding anti-feminist? Two women, and I think both of them would probably say that Carnet's... um, Children in Paradise is better than their film so that were appointed to the list. Um, it really is. It really is devastating. And what? It's better than what? Portrait of a Lady on Fire and, and Jean Dielman? Is it? Are those the two that you think displaced it? Uh, no, I think. Uh, I, I, see, I, I wrote a, a very favorable review of Portrait of a Lady on Fire. It's now in the 30th spot of the, the greatest films of all time. I mean, yeah. how can that be? And Children in Paradise is off the list. And the other one was, uh, was uh, the Claire Dennis film, Bo oh, yeah. uh, Prevail, that was made in 1999. And she's a competent director, and she could be mentioned, but she's seventh. Her film is seventh. And when we're talking about the number one, I may have a fit. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, where should we start, Adam? Where would you like to start? Well, see, Adam. Adam is the voice of of calm reason, so I'm I'm glad he's here. (laughs) I'm somewhere in the middle ground on this. Uh, Yeah, for sure. But I echo your sentiments about this being the end of an era because it is it it is very uh, sad in a way because I said this to Jamie privately, that I feel like we're in an era of cinema studies as opposed to cinema fans uh, voting on this sort of thing. And uh, these, these are the films that, you know, a lot of people think should be in there uh, for reasons other than the fact that they love film. <laughs> and I think that's... Uh, having said that, Jean Dielman, I appreciate it for what it is. There are... I, I get what she was attempting to accomplish. I just don't feel like it belongs at the top of the list. 
although I will say that I, I do uh, appreciate its merits. And I find it also very interesting that things have changed so rapidly that just since the last Leonard Maltin uh, movie guide was published, and that was only seven, uh, actually eight years ago, it wasn't even in his book. He didn't deem it important enough to include in the in Leonard Maltin's book, nor was it in um, Pauline Kael's book, a collection of her reviews. It wasn't in there either. I don't even know if she ever reviewed it. So I think that's interesting that uh, it wasn't deemed important enough well, I, I, I just I just think it was a tremendous oversight on Moulton's part. And as for Pauline Kael, I mm-hmm. guess she could have written about it, even though you know she would have hated it. Oh, uh, yeah. But, you know, she was off six months of the year, so maybe she didn't it's get a chance, okay, Phyllis, chance to review Okay, Phyllis, make a defense of the film before I tear it apart. <laughs> well, I the only defense I have is that, uh, you know, that – she does lull you into a sense of complacency with the pacing of the film. I mean, it's, uh, you know, that's that's how the, the ultimate... Is that what you go to the movies for? No, no, it's not. a state of complacency? No, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with anything you're saying here. I'm just saying I, I appreciate, <laughs> I get what she was attempting, uh, but I'm not disagreeing with anything you're saying because it is a bit I, of a chore I, to, you know... To I think it's a, it's a three hours and 22 minutes of minimalist tedium and shots of spoons being um, dowled off and put in the drawer. I mean, that's the whole film until the surprise ending. And by then it's just, it's just wasted the viewer's time. Uh, I, I, I don't, I don't think there's one shot in the whole film that is, uh, more than than average um and, and a lot of people have done the empty corridors better than than Ms. dealman did did you guys know she committed suicide in 15 yeah yeah i remember that i remember when that happened yeah, yeah that was a armand, was Ar- armand white wrote a review today and said that no wonder she killed herself <laughs> respectful as he I, always I was, is i was being too kind to say that <laughs> Um, uh, I love the movie, and and I agree with everything you say, Tony. It, it okay. it's about complacency. It. No, there's no, I think, there's, I, there's no remarkable shot that. in the movie. She's putting spoons in drawers. <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you another thing, Jamie, that bothers me about it. This is one one thing that's ended or not ended, but collapsed in our society is language. This film does not need a film script because there isn't one line no there is that is not not just ordinary ordinary speech yes and for what purpose because she because she leads an unremarkable unexpressive life well an unremarkable unexpressive film comes out of that for me right it is a day in the life it is it is actually a day in the life and most of our lives are, are not filled with incident so when you lead an unremarkable, stifled life, why would you just spew prose all over the place all day long? There's that's that's not part of your world. But let me quickly go down a list of all the films that were dropped out okay. from t- 2012. The so light we're, of death of we're off. Limb. We're off. Gene Dealman. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's saving the we'll best get for back that. on her. I just want to say no. See, well, I'm building up to something. Okay. I I I always have a goal in sight. <laughs> I am bu- building up to saying, is is Gene Dillman any better than any of these films that were dropped off? Seven Seal, Ingmar Bergman, um, Intolerance. I want to talk about Griffith in a while. A, a Day in the Country. A Gary, The Wrath of God. Greed. Peck and Paws, The Wild Bunch. There are only two Westerns in the whole list, and one is about to drop off. Uh, Once Upon a Time in the West, Sergio Leone's tremendous film is going to be not going to be on the list the next year. The Lawrence of Arabia. Magnificent Amberson, Ambersons. Wells. Chinatown, which I think came out in 1974, got kind of dwarfed by the uh, part two of uh, the um, 
Godfather, which is also off the list. And part two is is much better than the original. The original, yeah, I agree, was the uh, the, the studio film. And I was surprised by is, Chinatown because I felt that the the appeal of Chinatown, the resonance of it, had only enhanced in 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 recent years. In in the world of us, but but we are not we are not the sleepwalking woke crowd of of of, of, of reviewers and critics. Yeah. I mean, I don't think any of them even know that James A.G., who was, to my mind, the best critic that there ever was. And when you still read him, I mean, the man can write, the man thinks, he's intelligent. So a, a couple others, La Grand Illusion, Nashville, La, La Eclipse, and Wild Strawberries, another Bergman. Mm-hmm. I cannot find any of those films that aren't better than than uh, Gene Dealman. So you you've got to ask yourself why was it chosen? Why was it so extreme? And when you look at the list, the fourth the, 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 of five American films, and the fourth leaped up. Is Mulholland Drive, David Lynch's film, really the eighth? Best, greatest, greatest. I, I, I was shocked when it made 28th, 10 years ago. I mean, yeah. I, I like Mulhundra. I've grown to like it more over the years, but uh, uh, I, I'm still puzzled why that is a more favorable David Lynch film to the populace than Blue Velvet, which I think is his masterpiece. It, it also appeared, appeared on the list. The yes, way. much much farther down. Blue. Yeah, But this right. isn't my list. I mean, it's it, it's it doesn't need to be reflective of of my taste. No, but it has to be it has to be reflective of your intelligence and awareness. It's like these people have not seen the classics. They don't even know the classics. I mean, when you look at the, the films that are put on, I mean, I, th- I think the last film that won an Oscar that, that will be a classic is uh, No Country for Old Men. And how long ago was that? Yep. And not only that, but the Cohn brothers' Fargo was thrown off, so they aren't on the list. You tell me that the Cohn brothers are not better filmmakers than uh, Chantel Ackerman, the director, non-writer, of uh, Gene <laughs> Dealman. <laughs> Well, sorry I mean, guys, I, I I need I just got off doing a rant. Well, I mean they, they 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 there's an argument that you know all of us prize uh, uh, articulate dialogue in films, the musicality of of that, and yet there is an argument that cinema is action, it's pictures, and uh, Gene Dealman is a true action movie. The, whole, the entire thing is nothing but actions. And you have to write that. No, I accept it. I, I, I accept that she could have made a better film with no dialogue at all. That's not the point I'm making. The point I'm making is that it's a, this is a tedious motion picture that's appealing to women who are finally getting a place, a deserved place. But my God, they could have picked somebody better. And, and in fact, uh, Jean Moreau is off. She's not in any any film. When you when you look at the actors and actresses that that are not included, is Breathless uh, not in that list? Pardon me. Is Breathless on that list? I I don't think it is. I don't think so either. Hmm. The one that I really miss is uh, that, that I is on my ten of all time is Travaux's Jules Jim. Yes, Jules me too. Jim. Me too. I think it's a wonderful film, and it gets a ter- terrific performances, and it's got good music, and it's it's creative, and it's got a terrific script where they 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 don't communicate; it, their timing is off. It's just a wonderful film. It's not even on their list. Maybe they haven't seen it. Maybe maybe they just haven't seen it. I I mean I can't speak to all the sixteen hundred people that they polled, but I will say that the lion's share of this list still falls into the scholarly elite cinema studies 
category. I mean, it's not like you're not, you no longer have Citizen Kane or Rules of the Game or Tokyo Story. I mean, they're all still represented on the list. So for, first right. of all, to you, Tony, what is the utility of this list in general? I don't think there's any at all. So the, I think it's it's I think it's 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 a niche list. Um, it didn't teach me anything about film or bring my awareness, raise my awareness. Or, I mean, I'm listening to people defend Gene Dillman. And I, I've I've barely found anyone defend Gene Dillman. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you did, but you did it with 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 calm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I I, I understand Gene Dillman. If people look to this list to figure out what they have yet to see, uh. They're they're in for a chore with Gene Dealman. <laughs> yeah. And they just completely give up before they go any farther. Yes, I I saw this one guy that posted that said, God, this movie would have been so much better if it were an hour shorter. And my thought was, man, if this movie wasn't about what it was actually about, it would be much better. Because <laughs> three three hours and fifteen minutes is 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 the whole exercise. It 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 doesn't. Uh, convey what it sets out to convey if it's a trailer you know that person would have been better better responsive to the movie if it were like a two minute trailer and said man that was action packed she dropped a spoon and then she killed a john <laughs> <laughs> look it's it, it has been played with somewhat this time around because i as as i understand it there was an advisor Someone that was hired to communicate to the voting branch that, uh, you know, be mindful of representation, you know, and that is the woke culture we live in. I, d I don't think that meant that everybody thought, oh, God, I got to put a woman or or African-American or uh, maybe some did. But that, oh, I'm sure they did. that was a I'm message sure that did. came out. But the people still had to vote for this stuff. Well, here's 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 a um, what I think is is a crucial point. When I when I did it in '72 or 1972, when I first did it, the the critics, as in in '72, were were invited to be as subjective and idiosyncratic as they choose. Mm -hmm. It's it was the, the top ten. It was the great. It wasn't the greatest of all time. And when you say these these are the greatest films of all time, it changes it. When sure. when I when I did my first list, I put six that are still on the list, and I had just seen Bonnie and Clyde, and that that subjective that was a very subjective reaction I had to it. Uh, I also put on Forbidden Games. It was anti-war from a children's child's point of view, and you notice how how few anti-war films there are on this list. Um, the Algiers Battle of Algiers, but yeah. it's hard finding another one. That that language, culture, awareness, intelligence, yeah, is all. Cast away. I, 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 See, I, st I still think it's. A, I still think, by and large, the majority of this list is very prestigious, even if it doesn't reflect my personal. You know, I think "Best Years of Our Lives" is one of the greatest movies ever made. Mm -hmm. uh, speaking of which is not on the list, right? That's list. fine. Uh, but 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 uh, uh, enough enough prestige picks are represented in here that you still get a very good idea of the, of the history of movies. You know, what was the number one movie in 1952 on, on this list, when they first started this once-a-decade list? Bicycle Thieves. Right. Bicycle Thieves. And it lasted for a while on the list. Citizen Kane was was on for most of the years. Right. And then it was replaced a decade ago by Vertigo. Now, I thought at the time, I, th I may have said it to you, 
that I thought that 2001 Kubrick film, Star mm-hmm. Space Odyssey, might be the number one instead of a star child. <laughs> we got a, uh, an old uh, Baldwin, Belden lady. Um, well, I mean, perceptions change. New generations are coming in. Uh, but everyone comes with their own biases. I mean, if you go by Scorsese's top ten list, there were no greatest films made after 1968, even though the 70s were one of the great periods of filmmaking history. But that was one that Scorsese was operating in, so maybe he felt uncomfortable including that time period. So uh, I also think I also think he just dismissed the idea of greatest films of all time. You can't pick the greatest film of all. I mean, you can pick it. But I change from day to day right. what my favorite uh, Hitchcock film is. Uh, you, you, it, it's impossible to, to... You can have a list, and I think this is true. I used to go on the, on the radio show with Al Bernstein, the, the fighting guy, uh, and he always said, you have a sense of what appeals to everybody. You have, you, you, what I like about you, he said to me, is that you care about films for the masses and films for children and films for older people um and i'm not, older people don't go to the movies anymore i'm not even sure they watch them on television or netflix or anything because uh, i i talked to friends of mine and why, i haven't seen a movie in three years i mean why would you when you have so much content with the kardashians i mean you just can't <laughs> can't give that up <laughs> yeah, long form television is where it's at, unfortunately. And, um, you know, and I, I miss the days of not, I mean, I, I like something with a beginning, middle, and an end in less than two hours, you know. So uh, I do miss that. And I think we're just, culture is uh, going in a different place, and movies are, you know. So, you, Adam, you stay away from your bed, huh? <laughs> well, the, uh, the, um, criteria that's an interesting point because I, I would be faced with i remember having a conversation with my friend aaron years ago and he was making lists of music lists and all this kind of stuff right. and greatest of this and that i said well greatest meaning your favorites or the greatest that that represented a step forward in the art form or how are you how are you categorizing your greatest uh and, uh, you know, if it were greatest film or, or the, the films that advanced the art form, does that mean that something like Avatar would be in your top 10 because it represented a revolution in, in visuals and computer graphics? Uh, you know, so that criteria doesn't work. That's <laughs> yeah, true. So it's interesting that that's that's a that's something that I would be facing because my favorite films aren't some of them aren't necessarily prestige f- films that represent the very best of what the, the the format has to offer. That's why top top films was such a better term than greatest films of all time because the top can be your favorite. The top can be something that was meaningful to you at some time in your life. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite right now. I probably would, I don't know if I would put it on my top, but Philadelphia. Uh, I think Philadelphia is a terrific film. And Philadelphia also has the opening song by Bruce, by Springsteen, who won the Academy Award, and the final song by Neil Young. I uh-huh. mean, what, what film has, has that kind of, of um, beginning and end? And the, the, the performances and the, it, it just and of course I'm from Philadelphia, so it it, it had some some real personal resonance, resonance, real yeah. personal resonance. Yeah. So and, and and that's that would not be on a scholarly top ten oh, no. or hundred. I mean, mm-hmm. do you? Um, let me let me talk about how. Let me make my argument for Jean Dielman because I don't feel like I've done that yet. I discovered Gene Dealman about 10 years ago, and I discovered it thanks to the Criterion collection, and I think 
that that's why a lot of people have discovered that movie. And quite frankly, a lot of movies on this list, the younger generations have discovered because of Criterion. So I think they've done a great service. But but Jean Dielman, I I, I, I generally don't like endurance tests. I can't gel with Tarkovsky, uh, Solaris, and all of that kind of stuff. It's just not my bag. But for whatever reason... I was I allowed myself to be hypnotized by Gene Dealman and I got on its wavelength so much so that it made me question my perception of the passage of time in movies, the lack of incident, and I was totally accepting of it in Gene Dealman so much so that are when, you sure, Jamie? You sure you didn't fall asleep? No, I mean <laughs> I don't know why you think I'm not sincere, but no, so, I didn't. I didn't say you weren't sincere. I said you may have napped. So 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 much so that when she when she drops the spoon or whatever goes wrong from her routine, that's the third act incident. (laughs) She drops the spoon, and yet I felt, uh oh, something's off. (laughs) And 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 so that movie kind of did the impossible for me, and uh, it made it made the mundane uh, hypnotic. Uh, and I, I felt like, man, this is a this is a very specialized movie. It's not for everyone, but if if she's trying to portray the complacency and the mundanity of daily life, uh, then it, it, as especially as it relates to the women's plight, uh, I think she did it as well as anybody ever has because she actually she actually did it. She didn't have characters speak of it, or um, you know, th- there wasn't somebody to talk to talk up through the theme of the movie. I just saw this movie. She said, which I liked. Well, you you made a there, you made there, a terrific but, you made a terrific uh, defense for it, and I believe you can make a a defense for so many films. Yeah, but there, to finish my point, there's a movie called She Said, where it's just about the Harvey Weinstein, the journalist that brought right. Harvey Weinstein down. Right. Halfway through that movie, there's a big conversation between the two lead characters where they just they just articulate the theme of the movie, and I'm thinking, why don't you just trust that you that the movie you're making is about those themes without having to articulate it like we're dummies? In case you missed it, so Jean Dielman is actually a it is what it what it's about. It 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 represents that that boredom, that meaninglessness, this, the the routine, the lack of excitement, the lack of you know whatever. And that's I I think that's how most of us live. Still, I think I think most of us go through our daily routine, and there's there's really nothing that thrills us in our daily lives. Nothing that we I know that I feel that every day, and I do some pretty cool stuff. <laughs> so maybe I empathize with that character. I don't know, but at the same time, uh, let me let me go through. I no, mean, Jean no, Dillman no, is not a surprise. It, but... I'll tell you why Jean Dillman is not a surprise. Because in 2000, the Village Voice did uh, their own poll of the greatest films of the 20th century, and Jean Dillman came in 19th. At that time, there was no such thing as woke in the vernacular. On the sight and sound list, in 2002, Jean Dielman was number 73. In 2012, it was number 38. More people have seen this movie as the years have gone on and enough have responded to it. Uh, so I don't think it's completely out of left field. Yeah, I don't think it was a surprise either. because I've, I've been seeing a lot. I've been hearing rumblings about it. Uh, for the last several years myself, probably probably more so since about around 2015, I think is when I first started hearing a lot of rumblings about it and the uh, these movie lists and things you should have seen, things you may have missed, that type thing. Well, I was surprised that it placed number one. I'm not going to lie. I, well, it, I was it, too. it isn't my favorite movie. It's it's in my top ten of the 1970s, but um, but I. I I didn't feel. I feel like there was a there there was a uh, a trend where it w- has been rising for decades before the woke movement. Mm-hmm. That I was more accepting of it, I guess. Yeah, that's why I'm saying. You know, it was around 2015, just a couple of years prior to the woke movement, when I started seeing it becoming increasingly 
placing in lists. Tony, are you, are you still there? Yeah, sure. I'm okay, okay. It just I get paranoid with this three-way stuff. I want to make sure that no, <laughs> nobody's left out of a three-way. <laughs> no, I thought I thought your your positive articulation for it was 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 valid. There's some movies that are like that. You you see them once and they they work their magic or or not, and uh, you're done. So yeah, I I definitely think it's yeah, and it it was an experience. I don't have any desire to see it again. I've seen it. Uh, like I said, I I did. Kind of, kind of, sort of get on its wavelength, uh, but I, I wasn't as over the moon about it as, as some, but didn't hate it as much as others. So I'm firmly in the middle on this one. Uh, but there are a lot more, a lot of other films I should say that I do believe are truly deserving of that, that uh, hallowed spot on the top of that list. So we'll. You know, and there are movies like that. Vicky Christina uh, was uh, when I when I walked out of that, I I. I I was just a mess. I was sobbing. I sobbed on the show when I talked about it when it first yeah, opened. I had the same reaction. I, and I uh, and I, and I thought to myself, I'm sobbing in a Woody Allen movie, and 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 uh, and but it, it affected me so deeply and personally. I have not returned to see that movie. I don't want to mess with that moment, and mm-hmm. what that moment represented to me. I don't want to try to manufacture or replicate that moment because it was so special when I saw that movie. There are some movies like that. Yeah, yeah, there, there certainly are. Um, you know, and it's interesting. Sometimes you do return to a film, and you have a totally different experience. And I, Vicky Cristina was like that with me. I did return to it, and I, I enjoyed it, but it was definitely a certainly, uh, definitely a different sort of experience. Yeah, there's no contempt on this list. <laughs> <laughs> and contempt has ranked pretty high in previous. Decades. Yeah. Um, well, there's still there there still are a lot of French films. Oh, the, Fr- France is very well represented. Yes. Mm-hmm. But the the biggest change is uh, the Asian market, the Asian films. There are a lot of new, like uh, Parasite and, and Chungking Express, and what was Spirited in Hawaii was uh, Japan, wasn't it? The animated, the animated was, wasn't it? Wasn't that? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's what that's what's on the list in seventy fifth. Mm-hmm. Mm. Persona's still on the so, list, so right? We, is Persona so, still the highest ranked Bergman? I think it is, isn't it? I believe yeah. so. Yeah. Deservedly so. I love Persona. Yeah, Wild well, Strawberries was taken off, and. Uh, um, who eats fruit anymore? I mean, come on. <laughs> fruit is a thing of the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And contempt, you know, the woke doesn't even like the title. So they have contempt for the title. <laughs> Maybe that's why they didn't well, I, I, I'm really... I'm uncomfortable talking about the woke. I mean, I, I guess I broke it up and brought it up. Because I think it's just a phase, and and um, it, it seems to have become so fringy and taken away so much from the strong, powerful, decent center that um, I, I have a hard time. I, to me, it's just not a part of my life. Right. In fact, if I was talking a minute a minute ago about language. Uh, language is, I mean, you know. Uh-huh. And what is the biggest word in the history of sports announcing and sports covering? It's unbelievable. No, I saw it. I believe it. It's unbelievable. No, what? I mean, everything in a culture seems to be dumbed down. This is got an old guy talking, I guess, and that's what happens. No, no, because no. you have context, and you have. Uh, Come on, Tony. Like, when when you first saw this list, I'm sure the first thing out of your mouth was, "God, this is unbelievable." <laughs> I've ne- I I have never ever, have never ever used it as descriptive of anything. Yeah. I might say remarkable, 
and I might say incredible, but I believe what I see upon further thought. Right. <laughs> well, you were talking about the dumbing down of the culture, and I think that, here's a good example of it to me. When I go back and look at old episodes of Carson and these uh, Dick Cavett, you know, talk shows from 50 years ago when I was a child growing up, uh, if you noticed on these talk shows, one of the main guests would always be a literary figure or, you know, nine times out of ten, you'd see Gorbadal and, uh, you know, Truman Capote, whoever, you know, insert your name here. And when was the last time you watched a talk show when they had a literary figure? Because nobody reads anymore. That's yeah. why. And uh, that's where we're at as a culture. That's one example of many that I could cite. So you're talking about the dumbing down of the culture. There's definitely something to be said for that. And if you just look around, you can well, see What it. authors are it's worth talking to? Are, are, are there any authors that, that purge forth like a, like a Vidal or Mailer or... Is there anyone alive like that today? Well, well, I think Brad Easton Ellis is a good, uh, you know, I, I listen to his podcast regularly. He's got definite opinions. You may agree with him. You may not. But his podcast is wonderful, I think. And uh, I I, tr I completely look forward to his reviews of films, even if I disagree with him. Well, he is a, a great, but he, again, he doesn't fit in with. There's, the, a, there's another reason why these people were brought onto those shows. They were, they were characters. Truman Capote, right. there's nobody like that. Sure, sure. <laughs> That's true. But everybody who's on on those shows today is selling something. Mm -hmm. and yeah, that's what it's all about. Almost everybody's become a flack in the modern society. Yeah, it's a it's a glorified commercial, and, and you know it's how do we you know get people to do hits on our YouTube channel and all that stuff, and you know that's just where we're at. The culture is has dumbed down. Nobody reads novels anymore. There's there's uh, you know I don't I when I'm reading a novel, there's nobody for me to share my enthusiasm with. You know, say I was—I've just been recently reading Jonathan Franzen's latest *Crossroads*, which I think is wonderful. There's nobody I can talk to about that. Nobody cares. No, you know, I mean so I, I certainly correct. don't. <laughs> <laughs> but so, we we all, we all—I mean, all three of us in our personal discussions and discussions on the show bemoaned the dumbing down of culture. Yes. The lack of culture in the world, the lack of intelligent tar uh, conversation, about, and yet of... you look at this list, you still have Battleship Potemkin, you still have uh, the rules of the game, you still got La Dolce Vida. I mean, the, the, it, I'm I'm honestly uh, feel more optimistic seeing this list in its current form than than what well, it could I have been. I don't think I don't think we're we I don't want us to come across. Because I don't think any of the three of us are, what do I want to say, bigoted or against the masses or, or the, the people who don't have a college degree. A person is a person, and a person, if he has decent or he or she has decency and not pretense. The the only two things I hate are ignorance and hypocrisy. And you find those in, in every class of, of person there is. Yeah. Um, and I think that both of us, all, all three of us, look for Adam more than anybody. Adam looks for the good in everything. Um, <laughs> I try. I really do. No, that, yeah, that isn't a weakness. I'm not declaring that as a weakness. I think that's a, a strength of yours. That uh, <laughs> no, it really is because uh, it, it, it's. But it's so important to put things in context. And that's what we're trying to do here is mm -hmm. put this list in context and what has affected, what has produced the, the, the list. Well, there there are some. I mean, let's take the, let's take the two two of the among the newest entries, which are both from black filmmakers, Moonlight and Get Out. I mean, I did not. I thought Get Out was fine. I liked Moonlight. Moonlight was in my top ten that year. But there is no way I would think it would be among the hundred greatest movies ever made. And yet, you know, maybe these were voted upon by a generation who who saw themselves for the first time in especially something like that. Well, Marvel. also, it was for a, de a generation that saw them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When you see, when Moonlight, and I think that, that was, that is, was 60th, 60th best film of all time yikes yeah um 
And, I like and, and yet out. again, I thought, for, I for, them, was for, more, for them, it might more, have been. More, it was more inventive, and, and that made it, to me, um, more val- valuable than some of the films. I, uh, but the... Uh, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, Adam. I mean, when I was six, when I was 1990, when I was 16, my mother dropped me off at the movie theater and I went to watch David Lynch's Wilder Heart. And to me, it was the greatest movie ever made because I sat there and I said, man, you can, a movie can be everything all at once. It can be a musical. Mm-hmm. It can be a road movie, a romance, a horror movie, a violent action, you know. So I, because I hadn't been, ex- I hadn't exposed myself to to Bergman or Boonwell or any of the other kind of major risk takers, and so it felt so fresh to me. And to this day, I hold a special place in my heart for it. So if I made a list of my favorite movies of all time, the ones that impacted me the most, Wild at Heart would be on there, even though I know it's a completely kind of disreputable pick for many people. And yet it spoke to on me. At, it spoke to me at a time in my life when I was most receptive to it. So something like Moonlight or Get Out, maybe it spoke to it's those audiences at a time when they were most receptive to it, and so they hold it closer to their heart than something like a, a Fear Eats the Soul or something. That's a good point. Um, and, and I have to ask myself, too, about, you know, to me, repeatability is a key factor in, in the things I hold near and dear to my heart. And Get Out was, as you said, it was fine, but... It's not the kind of movie that you really need to revisit because once you've seen it, you've been there, you've done that. You know, and some of these movies, you can gain insight into the human experience by rewatching them. Like 2001, that, which is the right. pr- the prime example, and which brings me, Tony. I mean, you were right in one in one respect because the Sight and Sound they they published their separate list of the directors only their poll of what the directors that they polled chose. And 2001 came in number one, Gene Dielman number six. Uh, so, so you know, the, 2001 is held to the highest regard in, in their list. Do you remember any of, the, any of the directors who chose uh, Dielman? They know? haven't revealed their list. I haven't checked the list oh, from previous okay. decades. I did see it on one list of, of of a critic, David Ehrlich, I think, or uh, I don't even know what people write for anymore. God knows if they write right. for anything, right. but I don't know. Criticism isn't what it used to be, but uh, <laughs> that's the understatement of this episode. Sure. Uh, but directors, yeah, they're top ten. 2001 in first place, Citizen Kane, The Godfather, their third place, Tokyo Story, which is been a constant for many decades in the top five. It has. Uh, uh, Jean Dielman, Vertigo, Eight and a Half, Tarkovsky's Mirror. Uh, in the Mood for Love has, has jumped in the intervening decades. Again, I think in large part thanks to Criterion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would tend to agree. Yeah, that, there's a lot of love for that one, for sure. So if I the, had a, I... Go ahead, Tony. Sorry. I, as I as I had a uh, as I was looking at this list, I thought of uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, and uh, who are these guys? <laughs> and then I thought, then I moved uh, who who picked these films. Then I and I think this would shock an American audience. No film with Newman or Redford appears on the list. No film with Spencer Tracy, Terry Grant. Clint Eastwood, Grace Kelly, or Kate Hepburn is on the list. Kate, you see, I got a phone call one time from her, so she, dear to my heart. Uh, she received 10 Oscar nominations and won four Oscars. Nothing memorable. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of shocking. Is there any Houston uh, on the list? Is there a John Houston on the list? Uh, on my list, Maltese Walken. Uh, but no, no, I don't. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think no. I'm sure, sure not. No, I'm sure not. <sighs> and here, here's another thing that I think really is significant. That now we know more about the personal lives of people. Right. And there are two directors who I think have really 
suffered from attention to not only their personal lives, but investing them sometimes in their in their um, films. To me, one of the most personal films ever made is Chinatown. Roman Polanski changed the ending. Robert Town had them going off to Mexico at the end. And of course, he, he had the Faye Dunaway character killed and John Houston was the evil father. But because of his values or his life, I think that's one thing that stood against him and one, one reason why Chinatown was found, was found, found then he uh, thrown out. The other one, the one that really interested me, is a film that James Agee, and if you ever read his book of criticism, he just spends review after review after review positive about this film. He was a, he was a liberal, and he wrote in many works. He did, uh, um, uh, oh, what's, what's the one that Jimmy Carter's favorite book? Um, I keep having No Country for Old Men in my... I'll come back to it later. But anyway, he wrote a, a rave, a continued rave, about Birth of a Nation. Right. And along came... And, and it, it, it does have its racism. And, and liberals point that out. Um, does that mean that it is never at all um, applauded or mentioned in any positive way? Much of it occurs because of a much un not nearly as good a director as D D D David W. D Griffith. And that's Spike Lee. Um, Spike Lee just annihilated it. But um, Spike Lee, uh, what, what what number? Do you have what number his uh, do the right thing film is? was? Yeah, but uh, uh, Griffith didn't have season tickets to the Knicks. So yeah, <laughs> and yet, uh, yes, and I. I can see why Spike Lee would have sensitivity about Birth of the Nation, and yet he teaches it in his college course. He recognizes and he, uses many he, of he the recognizes in what his it, own films. Yes, he uses some of the and, techniques and, in his and, films and, that Griffith used in his. That's exactly right. He uses the techniques because he appreciates the leap forward that they represent in visual storytelling. But that that doesn't you, mean that doesn't mean he can forgive its content. What did you did you ever hear a, a, a favorable comment about yes. Griffith? Oh, yeah, oh, they, really? he teaches them. He doesn't teach them just to teach how racist they're he just to tear them apart. Right? Okay. Okay. But, but he always he always makes it clear that you know I teach it because it's a, it's a piece of filmmaking. It's 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 a giant leap, and yet it espouses ideas that are obscene. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And the same can be oh. applied to Lenny Riefenstahl. Absolutely, and she's disappeared from the list when she was on it in the past. But I agree. I, I do agree that the uh, the tendency with too many people today is when they're when they're offended by someone by something. I think people are far too offended. Uh, I'm you know uh, I don't see any use in offense, but they're their uh their knee jerk reaction is to pretend like it never existed instead of instead of grappling with it and saying hey let's learn from this this is an example of something and i don't agree with you know let's just let's just ban it let's outlaw it let's pretend like it never was in existence like it never happened let's take lillian gish's name off that building because we don't need to recognize that she existed in any capacity or did any work that was worthwhile. Mm -hmm. uh, I, you know, I don't like that rewriting. No, I don't either. Learn don't from history. It. Don't erase it. You know, find the value in, in what you can take from that history. Well, that's what, that's what I, the basis of this discussion, I hope comes out. I didn't mean to be so negative. To, 
even though I <laughs> I, I was uh, a bit angry. Uh, but I want us to say, and I think you asked me about the, 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 the nature of putting this list out. And it, 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 it just hurt me personally, this list, because I, I see so many films and so many filmmakers that are being now ignored or marginalized or yeah or cheapened yeah cheapened that that David uh, Lean I mean Lawrence of Arabia is a hell of a movie is indeed but but it got thrown off yeah Yeah. got thrown off the list it was 81st last time but on the on the opposite end of the spectrum who's who's probably uh the most popular filmmaker in cinema history you know he's he's one of a name that is known by the populist like a hitchcock is spielberg you couldn't get more oh, of yes. a popular list than spielberg and yet he, he he's absent yeah uh and jaws is ranked high in in every list previous uh yeah. it should, jaws should be mentioned because it was if not great it was um, influential it changed but I have been sensing a major backlash against Spielberg in the past 10 years. And I know, Adam, you probably have, too. I sure have. And yeah. I, I don't quite understand it. It's it's almost... He's too popular. He, if it, if, and I think this has probably always been with Spielberg. But if you, if you appeal to the mainstream, then your artistic merits are bleh. Well, no, it, I think it's more the, the uh, LeBron... Syndrome that LeBron became so successful that he became just in basketball. He's now disliked by 50% of the population. And yet, there's never been a better, well, maybe one, maybe Michael, but there's never been a bigger, a better big man playing the game. I think that the Spielberg thing has been building too because, I mean, he. He's been our most popular for, you know, he he's had a 20, 25 year run of making the biggest movies of all time. So it's not like he he fell out of favor once he reached the top. But there's always been this kind of elite snobbism about Spielberg, including the stuff that Terry Gilliam has said about him over the years, which I just find terribly distasteful. Uh, yeah, I, I, it makes me think so much less of Terry Gilliam. And people that uh, claim that, uh, you know, Kubrick uh, criticized Spielberg for Schindler's List because that's not a movie about the Holocaust. It's about a person that saved Jews, not about the six million Mm -hmm. that were killed. I don't think Kubrick was necessarily critiquing Spielberg when he said that. I just don't think Kubrick could find a way to make a movie about the Holocaust and represent that. And I think Spielberg did. Well, the, the thing about Kubrick, and I knew him pretty well, I... I had a, a correspondence w- with him. Um, is that in almost all of his films, human beings are shown to be uh, hapless and inept and, and less than they should be. He is one that finds the human race. As, I mean, I think he's like Jonathan Swift. He's like Tom, Dick, and Harry, but the rest of the the, the mass of people, and and you see that in 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 his films, in many of his films, that that uh, he's not. It's not that he wrote wrote bad dialogue in 2001. Kale accused him of writing bad dialogue. No, his characters spoke bad dialogue, and that's uh, so. I I I would be surprised. <coughs> And I never saw him make a cheap shot at anybody. No, <laughs> he kind of was above that. D- ditto, uh, ditto. Scorsese. Scorsese never talks bad about. A, uh, I mean, people will get on yeah. a Marvel kick, but Spielberg's always talked glowingly of direct, of fellow filmmakers. And yeah. same with Spielberg. I mean, Spielberg has been very glowing of movie makers that are totally different from he is from what he is. Mm-hmm. But they love movies. Yes, like you, like three of us. They love movies, and that makes a difference. You don't, you don't 
criticize what you love. Maybe you, you, you question it. Maybe you think about it a little bit. Maybe, but you try and put it in context with the greater good uh, succeeding. Okay. Is there anything else we want to bring up about this list? I mean, I, it, it's interesting. If I live another 10 years to see how that that will tell us how much of this list is a a trend, trend. of the, a trend of the time or or has staying power yep i think that will tell the tale you're right and uh you know um as you were saying earlier tony about being a little bit angry about this uh, it's your impi- your opinion and you're entitled to it uh, well, thank so, you very much <laughs> and, uh, and and we you know i'm always I'm always interested to hear because you're so articulate, even if, uh, and, and typically I do agree with you most times, you know, uh, and so when I, I'm saying you know too much, uh, I've just noticed that, so, <laughs> <laughs> and we were just complaining about that, what's wrong with me? Um, so anyway, uh, yes, but uh, we do, we do uh, enjoy hearing your opinions about these sorts of things. Yeah, and the fact that you've rubbed shoulders with 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 many of the film personalities on this list and that you came from a time that the, but even you know i i'm sorry i said you know uh <laughs> now we're conscious that we're it, doing it, it it is interesting i mean we mentioned it with with um bicycle thieves being listed as the number one choice in 1952 i think citizen kane was 11th it does take time for for a lot of films to to re- to resonate to know what a film ultimately represents for the medium and for you personally so i i do like the once every 10 years but at the same time i don't i don't know the moonlight or get out or or some portrait of a lady on fire or what have you will will mean in another 10 years if if it will have any currency at all maybe those won't be on the list it takes time. Maybe it's the immediacy of those movies that that these people were responding to. Yep. So you're watching the whale. You're watching the whale tonight, Adam. I am. Yes, I have a screener for the whale. Uh, and did you see uh, Avatar last night? I did see it last night. Yes. Um, is it as impressive visually? Visually, Quiet. it is very impressive. Uh, I did not connect with it emotionally for one second throughout the entire oh, three okay. hours. Uh, it was, you know, it's basically a, a revenge story stretched out over three hours. And right. the midsection sags really bad. I think there's a lot of playing and frolicking in the water, and I was fighting sleep <laughs> to, uh, to uh, in the middle hour of the film. But then the last hour of the film is pretty visually spectacular. I was lucky enough to see it in a screening room with uh, Dolby Vision and 3D, and it was... Quite impressive. Wow. And uh, wow. so it was, you know, so technically, uh, you know, it was a mixed bag for me because, you know, it didn't, didn't, in, uh, in, I wasn't invested emotionally, but as far as a, like a roller coaster ride, a visceral experience, it, it definitely delivered on that level. You just, you know, the you best know. thing, the thing that I'm most looking forward to with the release of Avatar, I want to know how many people are going to buy, mistakenly buy tickets for Tar thinking that it's Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be quite a surprise. That's irresistible. That. I remember one time we were playing a children's movie during the day, and at night we had a you know a heavy R-rated movie that I brought in to play in the, in the same theater at night. I remember our projectionist threaded the wrong film through the oh, projector. Oh. And so oh. these kids that were there for some Disney animated movie were treated to the opening of Reservoir Dogs. Oh, and I was expecting a riot, and instead the parent just walked out and said, "Excuse me, I think they're playing the wrong movie in there." Oh, just very calmly. Oh. Thank God for that. If that happened yeah. today, I would be sued. Oh yeah, you better <laughs> for believe. Trauma. You better believe. Anyway, yeah, I'll watch. I'll watch Avatar just for the sensory experience of it, I guess. But uh, yeah, see it in a good theater. If you if you don't see it in the 3D and the Dolby Vision, you know you're going to be really kind of. You just, have to. Yeah. 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 But if you can, if are we you, gonna are we gonna end this, uh, Jamie, or not? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think we're all done. No, no final thoughts about the list in 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 the next two year in the next two years in the next ten years. 
what's the one wish you have for this list in the next 10 years, whether it's a specific title or an overall feeling? I hope quality wins out. And I don't mean just what I think quality is, but if I can rationalize uh, film, films that are taking the place of classics is not not my I can't I can't accept that. So I, I hope I hope that what you said that some of the that 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 Potemkin Battleship Potemkin stays on the list just because it's Russian and just because it's old. Don't throw it off, please. Don't throw it off. Yeah, I would agree. Well, yes. And my and again, my argument with this list is uh, I'm disappointed by some of the entries in it. I don't agree with a lot of it, but I don't I don't need to agree with a lot of it. I I do feel like overall, it's representative of great cinema. I think 80% of this list is 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 very academic and not lazy, and uh, and I don't see a point in a list being made every 10 years unless it accommodates for change. If it's going to be the same every 10 years, then why not just make one list and be done with it? Agreed. Okay. All right. Good talk. Good talk. Does this feel like a, has this felt like a therapy session, Tony? (laughs) Not enough. No. Don't despair, Tony. We love you. Don't despair. (laughs) Yes, we do, man. Okay. All right. We value your opinions. And I always look forward to hearing your takes on things. I really do, because uh, they're always so insightful, and you always have interesting things to say. And and I, I do. I genuinely look forward to hearing what you have to say. Appreciate that. Yeah. I just wish we. I just wish we. As you were saying about novels, I go to lunch or not lunch, but to the donut shop, and a friend of mine meets me, and he tells me the same stories from 50 years ago. Um, he doesn't read anything but histories or uh, nonfiction, yeah. and there, there's no. I, I, met, I met a former student who's who said I changed his life. Lives, and we spent three and a half hours at the donut shop talking, and it's those conversations are gone forever. I I, I just yearn for those when I finally get a one like like we had tonight. Of people that know something, that that have personal points of view, um, it's invigorating. That's so crucial. Yeah. 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 It's it not is. dead. It is for me too. I'm not dead yet. I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> We're still here. Don't can, don't throw me off. Here. Don't throw me off your top 100 list, Tony. That's right. <laughs> All right. Oh, I've been thrown off so many what top 100 lists. You're you're on ours forever. All Absolutely. right, guys. Absolutely. Thanks for talking right. to me. Hey, guys. Guys, I enjoyed it. Thanks a lot. You too, I buddy. Bye bye.